Welcome to the original Vegan Business Talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode. And today, our guest is James McInnes, and he is the founder of Oddburger. Welcome, James. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So give us a little bit of cliff notes, a little bit of backstory, and then how did you get to do what you're doing today? Yeah, so, um, well, Oddburger is Canada's first uh, vegan fast food chain, and we were founded in uh, 2014. And we actually started uh, not in fast food, we started in the, in the produce business. So we were, um, and, and this is very much um, came from a health journey for me. So I went vegan in 2013 and really was trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, just trying to get more, um, you know, better and more, more healthy food in, into my diet. And uh, I did that through the incorporation of a, a plant-based diet and basically just had a lot of success with that. And, and um, you know, we, we, uh, we kind of extended that to by getting a food truck and the food truck was really, really popular. We took the food truck all over Ontario. We were selling, um, we were selling, um, uh, what we call our, our famous burger. So, and that was, uh, that was really, really popular and, and, um, lots of, lots of long lines. And we were, we were going to veg fests and, and music festivals and really to really just bring the plant-based food to the people at an affordable price. And that was our kind of core, uh, mission and core message, which still has not changed to this day. Um, and today, you know, we're, we're one of uh, Canada's fastest growing, uh, you know, vegan fast food chains. We have nine locations open in Canada. We have about 10 or 11 more that are under active construction right now in Canada alone. And uh, we have international expansion efforts uh, happening in the States and overseas. Lots of lots of growth ahead. So that's kind of the cliff notes about Auburn. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, as we talked a little bit before, I, I love what you guys are doing. I totally support it. And, you know, and I come from the, the franchising world, so I know a lot about that. And, you know, when I was with Curves, that, that franchise went, people don't understand, it went to a $4 billion company in 10 years. And so the growth was, you know, it took McDonald's and Subway equivalent 25 years to do those numbers, right? So um, it was quite the growth. It was quite the journey and quite the ride. So uh, tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, I know you made some good strategic moves. And I think one of the, you know, the moves is you kind of took everything in-house, right? You started kind of making all your own stuff. Like you didn't, you you you, you don't outsource very much. You guys are like a one-stop shop almost, aren't you? Yeah, like like we we really um pride ourselves on the fact that we all of our all of our food is you know using our own formulations our own recipes uh we operate our own lower manufacturing facility the way that we we source our food is you know uh, we source it in the most sustainable way possible using uh local ingredients where we can and really just focusing on more simple and natural ingredients in our products so uh, and, and always incorporating as much whole food, plant-based uh, ingredients as, as we can. So, you know, as a, for example, our chickpea, our chickpea patty is, uh, you know, mostly chickpeas, but it has a bit of pea protein in there for, for texture as well. So the idea that we what we're creating is is really this uh, unique food line that is is sold through a restaurant chain. And uh, it's something that you can't uh, get everywhere. And, and that's that's kind of the point is that it's we have this very unique product offering that makes our burger special. 
Right. So would you say are you is your are you competing against like the McDonald's, Burger Kings, and 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 that and that type of uh, establishment? Would you say? Yeah, like we we uh, we always see ourselves competing against mainstream main mainstream fast food. Uh, you know, we, we I, I never look at plant based other plant based companies or other vegan fast food chains as as competitors because in my in my mind we're all on the same mission. And to be honest, uh, you know, the mainstream fast food is is ninety nine point nine percent of 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 all the uh, of all the fast food sales. Um, anyway, right. so. So really, our, our goal is to really change fast food and change fast food um, by by disrupting, um, you know, the, the way that we make food, the way, way that we, we distribute food, the way that we source our ingredients, the way that we cook our food in our restaurants, um, and um, the technology type of technology that we use. All the, all those kind of uh, all those kind of things are, are kind of the, the, the cornerstone of of, of uh, how we plan on changing fast food, and. And uh, you know we, we're really trying to to get people you know to to not eat uh, you know products that are made with animals and products that are that are going to be hurting the environment and those things are primarily found at major fast food chains. So this is kind of where Odd Burger is uh, really making a difference. Right, that's awesome. I know you guys are moving into Vancouver soon in a couple suburbs. I, I think is that, and uh, so I'm excited because uh, <laughs> we yeah. Uh, we need, we need we need that so i'll bring my crowd i got a big crowd in vancouver and we'll all be excited to definitely support Amazing. you guys and your franchisees out here 100 percent. oh it's exciting that's awesome yeah uh so what's been a couple of your biggest challenges um well you know the, I, I would say uh historically one of our greatest challenges was our rebrand that we did shortly after going public and you know for anyone that's been through a rebrand it is it is it's a really agonizing process because right. the, the decision to rebrand is so difficult because on one hand you have people coming to your restaurant people enjoying the brand that you have right now and all the success that you have uh was uh from your old brand but then again realizing that you need to change you need to you you need to uh you know develop a professional brand something that is is really is more representative of what you are now so we you know our former name was globally local and that was really from our produce business and our produce days and that's and that started as like this uh, you know a produce business and it transformed into a fast food chain which you know globally globally local doesn't mean anything to anybody like it certainly doesn't mean anything if on a, on a fast food you don't think fast food when you think of that word so it really mm -hmm. wasn't um you know it was it was difficult for consumers to understand what it was it was difficult for people to to associate with it um you know we had success because our products were great and our prices were great but at the same time how you how do you proceed and how do you go forward what um you know is, is always a very difficult thing so we and on top of it we had just re recently gone public with that brand so um right. you know it, it it was something that we we knew that we had to do and we started the process you know probably six months or eight months before that happened and we worked with some of the best branding companies in the country and that really uh helped us to to bring Auburger to light and uh, obviously today, really happy that we we made the change because it really does represent really who we are. And uh, you know, Oddburger is the idea is that we're thinking differently. We're we are we're a different type of fast food chain that is going to solve problems in a unique different way. So, so that 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 really does represent who we are. And so that was that was definitely you know one of the biggest challenges that we had. Right. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. 
Talk about the franchising a little bit now. What have been some of the ups and downs in 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 the in in launching the franchising divisions? Yeah, I mean, franchising is a whole other world, you know, uh, because it, it, people, I think, brands that that kind of want to get, get into franchising, I don't think really kind of realize the the amount of work it is to to be able to articulate everything you do uh, to someone else. Um, in, in an operations manual, in the training, all that kind of stuff. So, so the the, the transition to being you know a, a franchise business really uh, it, it has to come out of operating corporate stores, which is you know what we did. We we own, we own and operate six corporate locations now. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you know, you, you look with every new restaurant you launch, you learn something, and the idea is is that you want to uh, prevent franchisees from making the same mistakes that maybe you made. Right, because because you want franchisees to be ultimately successful, right, and busy and profitable and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so really, you know, the 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 initial days of launching a franchise operation, um, you know, it takes it takes years, it takes time. Uh, it, you know, you have to really be able to um, put the systems in place to to make the operations easy, and ultimately, it's all about the training. You know, it's all about being able to take your vision and have someone else replicate it because that that is the magic of franchising it's it's being able to to grow exponentially because frankly everything's written down everything there's everything all the resources are available the expertise is available your your uh knowledge is available to franchisees and so um so really you know they can move a lot faster they know what to do based on your experience right so anyway, so this is this is all really um, kind of uh, you know part part of the the journey of of being um, you know franchise operations. Right. Yeah. It's it's almost like the, it's almost like creating a whole nother business. I don't think people understand that yeah. it's that complex. Yeah. Like well, I mean, we we operate the franchise our franchise business. It, it does operate as, as a separate business for us. You know, from our corporate right. restaurants and there's separate people that take care of franchising because again it's it's there's there are different needs but for us you know we we love franchising because we we really love uh being that uh, in that mentorship role and being in a role where, where we're, we're helping other entrepreneurs to be successful and this is what i love about franchising the, the idea that we can build this entrepreneurial culture where franchisee can start one location and they can start you know a second location and they can build you know 50 locations right like my our goal is to to make franchisees into really really successful entrepreneurs and give them the tools give them the the, the knowledge give them the support they need to do that that's awesome i love that uh, so with um the franchising is there any specific areas that you're looking to go right now or is it just is it Canada and America is it different countries where do you think some of your your best growth is is going going to be well you know with, without a doubt I mean in Canada I, I think I think our are there's still you know tons and tons of growth left in Canada like we're just getting started so right. um, our focus definitely is in Canada right now because that's where we have you know most of our deals signed. That's where we have we have you know a lot of great franchisees that we're already working with. Uh, yeah. But that being said, it's it's uh, you know Canada is a limited market. It's it's only so big, you know, and and uh, you know we've already started the process of going to the U.S. So we have our U.S. franchise agreement complete. We have our U.S. area representative agreement complete, and we registered in in, uh, in several different states. I think we can sell franchises in something like twenty six or twenty seven states right now. So. 
we're going through the process of, of uh, definitely like uh, expanding into the U.S. market because I think that's where uh, a lot of the growth is going to come from on uh, the franchising side, but also internationally. Like there's 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 a there's a very big push that we have going on in Europe right now and in, in Asia and in different uh, different parts of the world because because again you know franchising is something that you can you can apply anywhere. Um, so so really it's it's now we're 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 starting to think like how do you transform this business to not just a great Canadian company but a great international company and and when you expand internationally how is it different than expanding in Canada because things things change you know like for example we can't manufacture food in Canada for you know Germany for example right it's just too expensive to ship it over there so if that's if that's the case how do we bring our food to the German market as an example right and, and how right. does that look and and you know how do you do that quickly and how do you do that effectively and how do you do it at, a, at the right cost that kind of stuff so so really like we're we're kind of transitioning into this uh to a global brand and and there there comes other challenges with that and other sort of problems that you need to solve so and so that's kind of where we are where we're at now um you know using our current infrastructure to expand in canada and then looking to see how we're going to do this uh overseas right if somebody is looking to buy a franchise listening uh, and let's say, do you think that they should be sticking in their country? Somebody's from Canada right now, they're in Canada. Should they be looking for the right territory and say, let's build in Canada? Or if they know people in the U.S., should they be looking in the U.S. to find the right territory in the U.S.? What would be your suggestion on that? <laughs> My suggestion always is, is it's always best uh, to, to operate your franchise close to where you live. You know, right. because it, it's the, the it's not um, it, it's not ideal to to operate a franchise that's thousands of kilometers away. You know, I mean, right. um, and this is this is the whole reason that that we're franchising. You know, as a as a as a corporate entity, right? Because if it was easy to operate, you know, a restaurant thousands of kilometers away, you know, we would have gone primarily with a corporate growth strategy. But the reality is, it's it's right. it is it is much harder to operate. Um, because you know they're franchisees they have skin in the game it's their business it's their ownership and, and there's something about a franchisee owning something and, and taking responsibility for that business that you just can't get that same level of commitment necessarily from you know a manager or that kind of stuff but if it was a corporate rollout and it was a corporate employee so really the the, the idea is is to to um, we want franchisees to be actively involved in the business we want them to be there close by we want them to to you know, have a great relationship with the staff, and you know, be looking at the operations and and being there, you know, as much as they can be. Ideally, you know, at least forty hours a week. So this is so so you know to answer your question, yeah, we our preference is to to have franchisees that are that are owning best businesses in their community. Right. Uh, when you um, decided to to franchise, did you always have that in your mind? that we're going to franchise or did you start building out some corporate stores and then go, holy shit, this is going to be way too hard to bid 50 corporate stores and control it all. Well, you know, we, no, the, we always had the idea of franchising. That was always part right. of the plan. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you have to operate a number of corporate stores to really get the experience of doing it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you can only operate as a corporate entity, one, one store, and you don't know how to operate, five stores at once how are you gonna train a franchisee to do it so right. so you know we you, you kind of have to go through that experience yourself as a franchisor and that and and obviously you know there, there's a limit to that like how, the question is is 
how many corporate stores do you need to operate before you have enough knowledge and experience to 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 franchise to multi-unit franchisees, right? So we had initially planned to build more corporate stores than we ended up building, um, but we you know we stopped at we stopped at six, and and that's where we kind of we stopped, and then we we really at that point switched to just full-on franchising strategy, and we we stopped building to corporate locations. When you built your six corporate stores to kind of get the foundation, did you have a strategic move when you were looking to pick to set up the locations or was it just in the similar area? How did you guys uh, look at deciding where to build, I guess? Well, I mean, that was also part of what we learned, right? Like where, where, what, what locations are successful, what locations are right. less successful. So, you know, we, we, we have a lot of data on, you know what what are what are good locations and what are bad locations and we and we learned a lot from our corporate buildouts that we now you know use to pass on to franchisees so the the number one thing is is location selection you know it's it's uh it's without a doubt the most important factor in in the in the in the franchisee success because at the end of the day it's it's the same product between the store a and store b right and and uh, so, so really, the question is, is, is what makes one location better than the other? And, and really, that's where we really have spent a lot of time understanding that. Right. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that's such an important part. So, do you guys are they? Um, do you move into malls and then find spaces? Are they standalones or is it a mix? Uh... Well, so we we have. Uh, we have, we have a mix, you know, for, so for example, you know, we're, we're downtown Toronto in, in sort of a, a denser, you know, um, like urban footprint um, and same with Calgary. Calgary is the same thing. It's, it's, uh, it's in a, you know, downtown kind of more dense, more central setting. And then we also have locations that are like in su suburbs, right. Which are a little bit more kind of like, you know, off, off the, uh, you know, beaten path a little bit more like, um, in a new development type of type of situation, and then we have you know other other situations which are you know strip malls or plazas that are also central. So what we what, so we've we've kind of like looked at all these different scenarios, and we we have an idea you know what 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 works the best for us. And and so when whenever we we um, you know help franchisees with with location analysis, uh, we always take our experience and and you know try to apply that and the experience of other franchisees as well. Right. That's amazing. So what's your, uh, what's your goal? Like, where do you, what do you see in the next 10, 20, 30 years? Well, you know, our, our goal really is to, to really transform um, the franchising industry um, in, in a very, very big way. So, um, and this is something that we're, this is actually a new initiative that we've, we've recently started using um, uh, the, the, the advantages of, of being a public company, you know? And um, so, so for, so for example, we've recently launched this program called the odd stock program. And it basically what it allows franchisees to do is it allows them to invest their franchise fee into the company uh, and get shares for that investment okay. so instead of instead of uh you know just paying a franchise fee and you know franchise or estate saying you know yeah. thank you very much um you know we're gonna and and uh we're gonna you know offset some of our trading costs with that we're gonna you know we're gonna obviously uh you know they're, they're trying to monetize uh their brand right and this is why they charge franchise fees so 
Um, so we, we're we're taking this uh, this this new approach to 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 franchising, which will really align franchisees and franchisors together. Because if we can get franchisees to be investors in our company and get publicly traded stock, then all of a sudden it really does change the dynamic between, I think, uh, franchisees and franchisors, where we're we're more aligned, like we're we're more on the same page, and and really like. If the franchisor is profitable, then that's going to really affect uh, franchisees if they're shareholders in the in the in the in, the, in the, their parent company. So the 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 thing is, you know, you, the franchise industry now it's this very imbalanced and mm-hmm. uh, very um, uh, th- there's a there's a sort of weird power dynamic that that exists where the franchisors you know have all the power. Franchisors typically, um, you know, they they're trying to make as much money as, as as they can and you know the the franchisees aren't um necessarily sharing that benefit in any way outside of their own restaurants their own or their own whatever whatever they're running whatever they're franchising so we uh we we so we we rolled out this program in, in our last private placement and we had uh tremendous success in that we we sold you know more franchises in two weeks than we did in like two years wow that's amazing. I so like the idea that. is to really, we really kind of, um, you you really kind of like like put put it more into a balanced sort of mm-hmm. uh, a balanced sort of um, world, right? Where where the, the, the franchisees are excited that the franchisor is making money. They're excited that the franchisor is, uh, you, you know, um, expanding to other markets. Because guess what? That's going to benefit you uh, if you're an individual franchise owner because you you won't stop right so we so we're it's we're very unique that way because you you have to be like almost like a new um uh, a new franchising entity right because uh to do this and you also have to have to be a public company so there's there's very few very few um organizations out there that are both a new franchisor and also a public company um because franchisors that already have thousands of franchisees uh, it'd be very difficult to roll out a program like this because uh, you know people are gonna people are, are are gonna feel like well you know how come I don't get stock for my franchise fee that I paid two years ago right so it, it's a it's and 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 frankly those public companies can't issue stock <laughs> uh, right. it, you know in retrospect right you can't go back in time and say okay oh yeah we'll 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 give you, we'll, we'll let you to do this now you have to do it from the beginning so. We, you know, we we're still, you know, in the early stages of our, of our franchising initiative, and so so we uh, a lot of our franchisees took advantage of this, and they they actually bought more locations. Right, that's awesome. I like that. That's, that's a great great strategy and such a uh, benefit for people to get in and 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 get a lot yeah. more reward. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and the thing is, you know, if if uh, if if we can if we can you know, really get franchisees to have significant financial benefit from the franchisor and our, and our success as a franchisor, then it's like a win-win situation because, you know, I, I have this kind of dream where, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if, if, you know, early franchisees that that got stock in our company, you know, in a year from now or two years from now, because we've had so many other franchisees come in, um, could like sell some of their stock to pay for the restaurant, for example. And, yeah. and and get their and get their all their investment back 
potentially through through that investment. Um, and and it, you know that kind of opportunity you know is is so unique and so cool and so revolutionary to the franchise industry that that uh, that I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this this all plays out. That's cool. What do you think is the most important thing for your growth right now? Um, I think, I think the most, uh, I think the most important thing, honestly, um, you know, is, is rolling out this, this new odd stock program, like, like I was talking about yeah, yeah. and, and, and just making sure that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, we do it right. Making sure that franchisees, uh, interests are aligned with ours, but, but really, I think, I think the key is, 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 you know, being able to accelerate growth, uh, quickly and, and sort of lock in that growth. Because if I can sell a thousand franchises in the next couple of years, what is our company worth, right? Even though the locations aren't open yet because it takes time to open them. But if I can just sell a thousand franchises and get a thousand investors and a thousand franchisees that have owned stock in our company um, for selling each franchise at $35,000, that's $35 million of capital that comes into the company either through a private placement or through the open market in the, in the, in the right. stock. You know what does that mean for for our company? What does that mean for franchisees? What does that mean for our investors? So, you know, for for us, the this is the, the way I see this. This is the future of of uh, of, of our growth and, and what what's going to make Oddburger so unique because it's not just the fact that we you know we're a unique brand and we're doing things differently and that we're sustainable. It's also we're also transforming the franchise industry. Which is mm-hmm. huge. The franchise industry is way bigger than just fast food. It's a massive, yeah. massive industry. So, if we're also transforming that industry, what does that mean? And how and how franchisors operate? How the what the relationship is like between franchisees and franchisors? You know, if if uh, uh, so, so really, it's it's kind of I think I think seeing how that all plays out and, and making sure that this program is really, really successful. I like that. You know, I want you to answer this because somebody said this to me the other day, and a couple of people have said this to me. Um, and I've answered it, but I want this to come from you too. <laughs> they said when I was talking to them about, you know, vegan restaurants and fast food restaurants and, you know, just all the stuff that, that I talk about, um, somebody said to me twice, well, there's definitely not enough customers for a fast food place in the vegan restaurant and business. I like it, but it's not sustainable. I answered that I think pretty well, and I want I want you to answer that too. Well, you know, I th- I think I think the thing is, is something to think about. You know, is this? I mean, even if that's true, even if there are not enough customers today, right? Which I I don't believe that's the case. But even if even if let's say there's still you know a, a question about that, what is it going to be like in ten years, and right. where people are eating more sustainably? People are more aware. There, there is going to, so if you think of where the growth is going to be, are people going to be more aware or less aware in 10 years? I believe, personally, people are going to be more aware. They're going to be more aware of, like, animal rights issues. They're going to be more aware of environmental impact, more aware of their health. And consumers are going to choose brands and companies that better represent their beliefs. And I, I just think that is true, you know? And I think and I think if you have a company like us that's, that's vegan, you know, where we have, you know, ethics behind our business. It's not just, we're not just serving a plant-based option, but as a business, we are, we're vegan. I think people want to align, they always want to align themselves with the ethics of a business or a brand. I mean, it's the same reason people buy Lululemon or anything else or any other brand, because it somehow 
it somehow reflects them as a person and it, and it represents who they are. So when you're holding an odd burger bag or you're holding an odd, you know, you're eating an odd burger, um, I think, I think consumers are going to, are going to, are, are the, the value of that is going to grow at time tremendously. And, and it's, and it's about positioning ourselves uh, for that growth and being ready for it because, you know, um, you have to build today for what's going to happen in 10 years, right? right. Like if you, you can't wait for that to happen and, and then start because you're going to be 10 years behind us, <laughs> you know? So it is about kind of, you have to take the risk and you have to, you have to realize that this is, this is the direction the market's going to go. So, so, you know, but that being said, um, you know, there, we, we don't like just target vegans, right? It's not like our market is just people that are vegan. In fact, you know, most of our customers are not vegan. Like sure, lots right. of people are, but most of them are. Yeah. They just like the food, and they just want to eat, uh, you know, a meatless option sometime that they that they enjoy that's priced at a reasonable price. Right. Um, so you know, I would say there is a there, the market is huge, you know. Um, but if you're just thinking that the market is just vegans, then yeah, sure, it's two percent of the population. It's not big, but it's it's not just you know that niche group. Right. You make makes sense. Do you feel that? Uh... Is your your competitor going to be like I said before the McDonald's, Burger King, those, or is it going to be other chains that start to come along that build out fast food establishments in the vegan space, or none of it above? If you feel you're in a category of your own, well, you know, I, I think um, I, as I said before, like like we really look at other major fast food chains as our competitor because okay. they have 99.9% of the customers that, you know, right. we really want to transition over. So, I mean, if, if another vegan fast food chain exists, I mean, the way I look at it is that they're going to help bring more customers over from, from the major chains, which, which again, raises more awareness and, 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 and it makes it kind of more mainstream. If you're the only person doing it, then all of a sudden it is probably considered quite niche. So, you know, I think I, 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 um, I'm always like very, uh, happy to see other plant-based chains existing and thriving. Really. It, it, it really does make me happy. I never, I never see them as like, you know, a competitor. I think the, the space is so big and the market's so big that, uh, that there's, there's, there's room for everybody. Um, you know, will that be the same in 20 years? I don't know, but, um, that's how it is today in my mind. Right. What do you think, uh, uh, person running a franchise um, is some of the most important things that they need to uh, be or do as an entrepreneur to be successful. Yeah, it's a quite good question. I, I, I think I think the key, honestly, is 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 you 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 really have to um, you, you kind of have to take uh, control of of the business and responsibility for it as as a franchisee. So. You know, um, as a franchisor, we're obviously here to help, and we're here to do everything we can. But, but you know, there, there's there's something about a franchisee that's in the community, that's out there, that's talking to other businesses, that's getting you know, going out and yeah. talking to school, doing promos, you know, that that uh, talking to customers, getting into relationships with all the customers, that kind of stuff. There's something about that that is really important. And I think franchisees that are really involved in the business, that really are engaged, that really are putting in like 110, percent they're gonna get. Uh, you're you're going to get that uh, that result for what you put into it, right? If you put the minimum effort into it and just sort of sit back and do nothing, well, you're going to get what you put into it, just like any other yeah. business. Like a franchise isn't a magical business, right? It's not like you can yeah. just open the doors and it's guaranteed 100% success, right? It's yeah. you you. 
the idea is that you're joining a system that that you're you're gonna you're gonna avoid a lot of the mistakes that maybe you would have made yeah. by yourselves, and you, and you get the advantage of joining a brand that people know and trust. But ultimately, yeah. you know, you have to as a franchisee, you have to, you know, still be have that entrepreneurial the entrepreneurial drive to go out and to get more customers, to get your relationship better, to to you know, uh, make sure your food quality is great. Make sure your service is great. Make sure your restaurant's clean. Make sure your customers have a good experience. Like you know, um, innovate. Uh, keep thinking about new ideas. Like oh, you know, and 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 still really consider it. You know, think about it as your business. Um, and I think yeah. I think that's my my main uh, you know main thing I would say. I love you said that because you're right. I don't think enough people think of the, about that and they think they buy something, whether it's a franchise or just a business. Sometimes they think even just they start a business and have a good product or service and they think, well, it's just going to fly off the shelves and people are just going to show up and it's going to make me a million dollars. But they don't understand it. You know, like you said, I've always thought, you know, two most important things to build a business were teams and community. And I've always focused and mastered those. And, you know, even when we had the Curves franchise, you know, our one was in the 1% or 0.5% of the most profitable. And everyone said to me, how'd you do? And I said, I was always in the community. I was part of Rotary. I was part of the banks. I was part of this. I was, we did food drives. We did Thanksgiving fruit. Like it was just, the paper was always writing about us. It was like, we were just in yeah. the community and things just built, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's, that's the difference right there. You know, I mean, what's, what's the difference between you and someone else? That's what you put into it. So it's, there's no, yeah. no doubt about that. So that's the truth. For um, so, how how big is your team right now? Um, well, I mean, you know, we have uh, we have about ten people on our corporate team, and then we have like yeah. um, quite a few area reps. I think there's four or five uh, total on, on on that side. Uh, yeah. Area reps don't they don't work for us like they're they're they're, they're their own uh, business, but but they um, they help us to grow you know the business by working with franchisees. Um, and then, of course, we have corporate stores. So, I mean, I think we have 60 or 70 employees there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's the one, What's been one of your biggest challenges as you've been kind of growing bigger teams now and more people involved? Um, you know, I, th I think um, I, I think I think naturally the, the 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 biggest change I would say has been the the shift to from remote work. You know, <laughs> this has been. Uh, quite a bit, uh, a big change uh, from from where we were before, just how we think about it. Because we we were very much a, a remote a remote business, right? And uh, we have a head office, but you know it's it's primarily where we manufacture food, and and you know the corporate team doesn't really work out of there. We all work all over the place. So, right. um, but but I think you know this is just this is just uh, sort of uh, how things have changed since the pandemic, and and we we've, we've really um, embraced that. And, um, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, just, just sort of like, just trying to stay like connected, um, in, in this kind of remote world is, is, is challenging. Um, cause some of the people that are on our team, I've only met a couple of times, you know, right, even yeah. though we've worked together for years. Right. So it's, it's just kind of like this, this big change, I think that, uh, that's, that's happened, but, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, that's, that's kind of the main thing. I think that's, that's, uh, main challenge on the, on the corporate side. Right. And then when you say um, area reps, uh, explain what you mean by that, because people listening probably don't didn't understand what you meant by that. Yeah. So so we um, we use a model that's uh, it's many franchise systems use. And it's, it's the model where you have 
you, you sell a territory like a province, for example, to uh, to a group of people that will help your franchisees to develop that area. So we have sold BC, Alberta, and Ontario to area representatives, and and what they do is is um, instead of us having to grow our corporate team with every new territory that we go into, we instead use you know, local people that that have a lot of experience in franchising, construction, real estate, um, you know, sales, that kind of stuff. And we we leverage their experience with our brand and to to provide more support and value to franchisees. So um so yeah, I mean, so we we've we've basically uh we have a fantastic area reps that that uh, we're working with that 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 help us to do that and and the, the benefit, of course, the franchisees is they have more support. They have people that are that are local to them. Uh, they have uh, people that have uh, you know expertise in that local market, connections with say local contractors or or local equipment suppliers or you know whatever it may be. But the idea here, you know, again, is 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 to leverage that local knowledge because let's say we expand to Texas or something. You know, we don't have any sort of connections or network in Texas. Like we don't know contractors there. We don't know any any real estate agents there. So as a corporate entity, we would have to go and try to find all those people. Instead of doing that, you know, uh, franchise franchisors, uh, you know, can partner with an area rep that bring they, they bring that knowledge in so that, that you can develop that territory in a much more efficient way and, and uh, much more successful, in my opinion. Right. That's cool. So do you get an area rep first? Before you start doing the franchises in that province, so let's say you're doing BC or Alberta, is it area rep is hired or 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 buys like kind of the business type? Of, is it kind of like master franchise in a way or no? No, not really, um, because we're still the franchisor. Okay, got it. So master franchise, master franchise agreement, like they become the franchisor, which is which you which we still you know are going to be doing in markets where we don't speak the language. So oh. if you're going to market where you know. Not, no one on our corporate team can speak the language. And um, typically a language barrier is kind of like that that differentiator where you, you want to, or, or geographically really, really, really far away. Um, right. In that case, you just sell the country, essentially the rights through, through a country with the master franchise agreement. But, but no, the, the area rep agreement, um, our, our preference is most definitely to, to sell uh, a territory to an area rep first. Right. Because again, we want to start off on, you know, on the right, on the right, uh, the right way and with the right team and the right connections and and do things right from the beginning before we get a franchise involved got it okay yeah that, that's awesome and so what's your you know you said a little bit about the uh, at the start your plan uh to go through canada you got you said you have 20 more in the works right now did you say how many do you have right so now and then how many do you have all together i guess yeah so right now we're we have we have um 10 more locations that are under active development in canada yeah, um, we have more. We have more franchise agreements coming, but they uh, they're they're kind of in the process of being paperwork being created. Of course, of course. And then, are you selling um, radius or territories? Well, I mean, you know, when, when like when a when a franchisee uh, gets a location, they have a protected radius around. Okay, got it their spot right. unless we're in a really kind of dense area like toronto in which case you know you kind of typically will draw a street a street perimeter it'll be kind of a right. on a map but uh but for for sites that are like you know where we know that you know we're only going to put three locations in the city 
we just we just kind of use a use a territory uh, radius in that in that situation. Right. So, how many do you think you can put in a in you know in in cities like let's say a Vancouver, for example? Are you guys looking at like couple in Vancouver and then and of course all the suburbs type of thing? Is that the kind of? Um. Yeah. Like I mean, like I'll give you an example. Like just London, Ontario, as an example. Like London, right. Ontario is you know in my opinion a four unit market in London. Okay. So we could put four. You know, it's about four hundred thousand people in London. So. It's it's kind of our, our rule of thumb is it's like one location per hundred thousand people ish, um, you know that that's that's kind of like like the, like the our, our benchmark right now. Um, again, right. but that may change in the future as as more people are eating plant based foods or whatever. But but that's kind of where we see it right now. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so a couple last questions. I could talk to you forever. Obviously, it's like a, just a <laughs> yeah, great totally. it's like a great business conversation for me. Right? Sure, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's like a this is like a personal conversation for me, right? Because I'm <laughs> so into what you guys do, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally right. Uh, if all my team knew I was going to enjoy this one. They're like, "Yeah, this one's like this is the best interview you're going to enjoy." Right? Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Everyone listening now is probably thinking, "Oh, you didn't like my interviews?" No, it's not about that. It's just, <laughs> it's just so many things lined up for me on this. The franchising world. I before I was vegan, I used to love you know fast food. I you know that type yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all it's know. all the it's all the similar things that you that you're that yeah. You're yeah all heads up, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, one last question, I guess, for you then, and 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 then we'll we'll wrap it wrap it up here. Um, you know, if people are watching this right now, and um, you know, and they're kind of thinking about, you know, should I buy a franchise? Should I not? Uh, should I look into you guys? Why? Why should? Why should they? Um, you know, I, I think I think a lot of reasons that, but but the main reason I, I think is because we are the future of fast food, you know, and when you and, and not just fast food, but also the future of franchising, you know, and I think if you if you look at how we do things, um, we do things differently. We think differently. We uh, and 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 the people that are leading the company, myself and co-founder uh, Russell Lukey McInnes, um we are, we're both vegan. We're both, uh, you know, really kind of aligned with this, this idea that it's about creating the greater good for mankind, you know? So we, we're not doing this for money. You know what I mean? Like we're not trying yeah. to make a quick buck on this and, or we're not trying to like flip the company or sell it to somebody or whatever. Yeah. Like we're trying to create you know, systemic change in the industry and, and in the world and doing something positive and good for the world, right? And I think the key is, is like, you have to always look at the leadership, like who is the leadership and what motivates them? What gets them out of bed in the morning? Are they just trying to make another deal, make another million bucks so they can go buy a Ferrari? <laughs> or right. do they actually yeah. want to do something that's good? And and I think um, it's it is rare to find, I think, leadership that truly is, I think, uh, doing things for the right reason. And I mm -hmm. think Odd Burger and our team is, we have, that is that, we are that team. We are the team that is, that is different. We are the team that is doing things for, 
for the right reasons. We are a team, a team that is, you know, aligned to create change in the world. And so I think when 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 we uh, bring a franchisee on board, we really uh, kind of expect that they're doing the same thing, that we're on the same mission. Like we don't want a franchisee that just wants to come in and, you know, try to make mo- as much money as they can and cut corners and, you know, like like we want people to come in that are, are here for the right reasons that are aligned with us too. So at the end of the day, you know, I think it's I think it's about having the shared vision and and realizing that that uh, that you know we're we're only on this earth for <laughs> a finite period of time and yeah. what w- what are we going to do with our time and what are we going to do with our effort and I think if if you're if you're not doing anything good in this world then. I don't think uh, I don't think you can truly be happy. You know, I think happiness yeah. comes from being able to make other people happy, being able to create positive change, being able to to you know make the world a better place. And ultimately, I think this is this is where you know this is where this this partnership comes in between us and franchisees. So th- that's really what I would say to to a franchisee that's considering joining us. You know, if mm-hmm. if, uh, if you really are. You know, on this mindset that you want to devote your life and your 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 business to to you know uh, making that change, we're we're the right place for you. That's awesome. So, are you really choosy when it comes to franchisees? Then, do you really look at them like look look at that type of stuff and talk with them and you know and see is this person just in for the three Ferraris or is this person really into to truly make a difference in the world too? Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. Like we're very very choosy. Yeah, we. We don't. We absolutely don't just take anyone that that, uh, that wants to wants to join. Like like we we really uh, want to make sure that that they're in it for the right reasons. That we're we're aligned. That they believe in what we're doing. Because again, if you don't believe in what we're doing, then mm-hmm. just go start some other franchise. You know, yeah. <laughs> like go sell, go do something else. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of other franchises out there where you can get whatever whatever return, right? So <clears throat> again, we're we're you know we're a different type of organization, a different type of franchise. So. So I think it's uh, it works both ways. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm so on point on with what you just said, you know. And I mean, that's when I started building our 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 our, our you know our next business, what I call kind of the last business that, that I built because multiple things can go under it. The reason I called it Actions of Compassion was because for me, everything through the company had to do something good in the world, help animals, environment, humans, right through from top to bottom. It just that was it, you know, and I knew this is what I'll do for the rest of my life forever, you know, and it's just a bigger purpose. And, you know, I always just said, I mean, when you have that bigger purpose and, and you do have that vision and you are making a difference, it's like you don't have to worry about the money as much because it just seems like the money comes, the partnerships comes, the friendships come, the relationships come. It just it just seems to unfold naturally. Do you agree with that? 100%, you know, I mean, we're, we, we're, we're on this earth, I think, for there's a reason that we're here, there's a reason what we do. And I think, I think it's about finding that calling and, and really, you know, finding your place in the world and how you can, how you can make a difference. And franchising isn't for everybody, you know, some people are better off doing something else. I'm not saying this is the only thing that that only way that you can make a difference. But, but, but what's great about it is that you join the community of people that are like minded, a community of people who are do think like that right and, yeah. and i think that's uh that is value you know it, it, you feel like you're part of a movement and and you are really with, with alberta yeah that's awesome i love to see just you know people win in general like i said when i 
I've seen the Curves franchises when it was funny because when we started, there was like our first club camp was like me, the owner, and maybe like 17 people. And five years later, our convention was 10,000 people. And I was speaking on the same stage with Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and all these, you know, people, right? And um, it was just, you know, so nice to watch people succeed, right, at that level. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, and, and, and as an entrepreneur, like, like I, I just – I, I love the idea of helping other people to become great entrepreneurs because their success is our success and our success is the success of the world. Right. So it, like you, you just can't beat that. Right. You cannot beat that type of that type of organization. And this is what I love, why I love what we do. Yeah. Awesome. So where can um, everybody find you guys at uh, websites, social media, anything like that? Yeah. Easiest place to go is just go to our website on burger.com. And you can find info about franchising there. You can apply uh, for for you know opening a franchise. Uh, some information there as well. Our social media handles uh, best places on Instagram on Burger Fast Food. So you can check out check it us check us out there, and you can see lots of food picture pictures and and uh, just all the all the all the love that we're getting online, which is which is great to see. That's amazing. So everybody, go check them out. I I actually had a girl. Um, a friend of mine uh, in Calgary um, that I, I I helped her structure some of her business recently, and um, she sent me a picture of her eating uh, one of your burgers in Calgary. And oh, nice! And I, yeah, and I said to her, "How was it?" She was like, "Oh, I love it so much!" Right? So I said, "That's awesome." <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, James, for this great interview. It's been a pleasure. And I know people are going to get so much great information uh, out of this. And this this was a good a good talk that I don't get to go into uh, too often. Uh, there's not a, a, you know, there's there's not a massive amounts of vegan franchises out there. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know? there isn't. There isn't. Hopefully we can change that. Yeah, I agree too. Thank you for watching everybody. Uh, make sure you guys go over and join our community Actions of Compassion once a month we go out uh, and you guys all know do something for the less fortunate or people in need. Last month we raised 500 jackets uh, for people that were less fortunate and shout out to Value Village who we work with on that. That helps give us our jackets and, and the different bigger companies that help us with food and stuff like that as well. Uh, so join our Compassion community. We have people from all over the world uh, that go out and make a difference. And again, thank you so much for this great interview, James. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.